the path of the witch is so unique. The, the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. A very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Carnal lust and some things like that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. Powerful yeah. ritual and well, powerful spells. She's actually sitting in the cold. The role of the witch is to make change. Let's it be, y'all. Let's it be. People ask me, like, okay, I'm a witch, and I don't know what to do. everyone it's Courtney we just finished recording our one-year anniversary live podcast and surprise we had all kinds of technical difficulties and it meant that my entire recording system crashed so I'm going to try to re-record this from the live stream video I have no idea how it's going to sound I feel like I'm back in 1992 recording songs on cassette tapes from the radio uh, thank you so much for your patience. Uh, we had such a great time today. We're so thankful for everyone who joined us, and hopefully um, those who weren't able to join us can enjoy it now. Thanks so much, guys. Welcome to That Witch Life Podcast. I'm Hillary. This is Courtney. And this is our amazing guest, Iris. Hi. Iris. They come the Raven's Wing Magical Company in Portland, Oregon. They also, for those of you in the Bay Area, they also have a shop down there. We do. Um, we have no idea where... I'll bet I know where she went. She was she, like, she I'm going to run and go get something. I'll be right back. She tends and to I disappear no um, when she gets bored or stressed, and we think that she was dealing with both, and she ran out the door, and I know where she went. Where did... She went to motherfucking DQ. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. It's our one-year anniversary. I know. She, she doesn't care. What She's a like, oh. psycho. Yeah. So... <laughs> By the way, we did warn people that the language was going to be foul, so... Yeah, so, sorry. Do we need to watch it? Yeah. Are we live on Facebook already or no? I don't think no. we're live on Facebook yet, so... She'll have to connect that when she gets here. So, <laughs> so, so sorry, sorry, Facebook people. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll have to pop over. It's, it's, you know, it's a trick we're trying to get you to go check out our Instagram page. You caught us. <laughs> But not really, where is she? Oh, <laughs> yeah, Dairy Queen! Oh my god, but like, what time is it? It's 2 o'clock! Oh my god, I hate her. <laughs> Most of us do. How's everyone doing? Well, we'll just start without her. How's everyone's week been? Woo! <laughs> Somebody had a good week. Who was that? Might have been my sister. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be actually giving you a little more info on Iris here in a little bit, but we wanted her to join. We normally bring our guests on halfway through our episode, but we thought, we're in your shop. It would be rude to kick you out of here the first part. Well, that's nice of you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> and we're really excited to have you. Um, but while we're waiting, can I can I uh, tell everyone a little bit about you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Iris Meredith Bell has been a witch, ritualist, and tarot reader for over 25 years. Her mother was her first teacher in the craft. She has a passion for mythology, crystals, and stones, and helping people find their next steps. Iris is a student of astrology and herbal medicine. She holds an MA in philosophy and religion, and a third-degree high priestesshood in the Evensong tradition of Wicca. 
Iris is the general manager, Portland store manager, buyer, and a tarot reader at the Raven's Wing Magical Company in Portland, which is in Selwood. If you haven't been, it's really beautiful. Yes. It's worth the drive. I know it's really far south, but it's actually <laughs> I worth drove the drive. An hour. I don't know why people are working. Is there anything? I'm in McMinnville. It's an hour down my five. It's past Wilsonville. It's basically in Mexico. My house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a nice thing Yeah, we're <laughs> so, that's not a surprise. No. 
it's been a year since we started the podcast, and it's been really exciting for us. I feel like we've learned so much over that time, both in how to do a podcast and not suck at it, and also, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we're not sucking, guys. Um, yeah. And, and also just in, in our own personal journeys and how that impacted us individually. Do you want to talk about Well, it was, it was funny because um, I was moving back to Oregon um, about three years ago, and at the time, well, for years, Kanani and I have thought that we needed our own television show just about us. Um, we had fans and followers watching me meme her on Facebook, and um, some people said they actually just friended both of us to watch us. Oh, yeah, the, well, meme, just, the meme exchange is like strong. It's and then we're like, well, how are we going to make money on this? And we're like, um, uh, nobody in Hollywood wants to talk to us. Not that we tried, but that was a lot of work. But um, at one point, we were talking about um, you know getting a radio, a radio program. She said, why don't we have our own radio program? And I said, well, let's do one better. Let's do a podcast, because that can reach everyone. Yeah. And then around that time, we found out that it was also what was funny is that Connie didn't know what a podcast was. So we had to have that discussion first, but she has to love her because she goes, Yeah, I totally want to do that. I don't know what that is. I don't we know need what to it have is, that. But I'm into it. We had to like really it's, it gets me talking about myself and us talking about each other. And yeah, okay. And then we found out that Hillary was moving back and we we're like, Oh I know it's, yes. it's really funny because Courtney was like, Hey, so you're moving back. I mean I've been here like three days, right? There was no I bought her, pause, I bought her a welcome. They didn't let me the, the yeah. gnome riding the yeah. pig. She got me a gnome. Yeah. No, I'm writing a pig. We have inside jokes about pigs and gnomes, so it, it worked out really well. Yes. And uh, she was laughing so hard. I almost beat my pants. Yeah, we were in Starbucks. People thought she was like, having an asthma attack. Like, she turned purple. It was turning uh, over, but I wasn't panicking. I was like, yeah, yeah. yay, the reaction. And then I said, so Hillary, now yeah. the other thing. Now we've been here for 48 hours. We're <laughs> Do you want to do a podcast? I was like, what are you talking about a podcast? She's no, like, no, that's she said yes. And then you're like, so what kind of podcast? What kind of podcast? <laughs> I probably did say that. And I was like, so what podcast are we doing? And she's like, one of witchcraft. I was like, okay. Uh, you know, I think when we started this, part of the reason we really, really wanted to, to start this was because on our own personal journeys, we really, a lot of us had to just, or all three of us had to figure it out our own way. Like, we didn't, I had no idea where resources were. I had, like, you know, wandered into, like, I think New Renaissance was the only shop that I knew about, which is a beautiful shop, but as a large spiritual, I mean, they have so many different types of spiritual modalities and spiritualities, which is a great resource unless you're, like, trying to figure something out and you find yourself lost. Um, and so I was, like, getting books, having no idea if they were good, like, trying trying to find as much as we could, dabbling with the Ouija board and having no idea. It was a really bad time. really bad time. provide an opportunity that we didn't have, which was to have access to, to people that are giving good recommendations. We have all these incredible guests on our show that have you know, so much more than we do, um, and it's been really nice to A, learn ourselves and, and learn more, um, and also to hope that we're providing people that are in that, that, space, that stage of their own journey um, to be able to find access to good information. Um, and so we are very grateful for all the people that tune in, and, and very grateful for um, everyone that supported us and every and we actually have quite a few people here. I know. We're really excited. We're really excited, you guys. Thank well, you so much for being here in person. Um, and thank thank everyone who's tuning in. I can't really see. I see like little likes and hearts. I won't. We're liking and hearting you. We won't be able to take a look at comments till uh, till, till a little bit later. So if you have questions, you'll be able to ask it a little bit later. That goes for our um, our guests here today too. And I still don't know what Kanani is. Right? So yeah. So. <laughs> One of the reasons I wanted to start the show is, um, and this is me being a pagan writer myself, was that there's, 
you need to sound like you know what you're talking about if you're going to sell a book. Um, and so what there's not always as much room for are the places of doubt and the times that your spells go really wrong, um, with the times that you light the carpet on fire um, as you fell asleep while the spell was going on, and um, the also just this kind of living life. And there's there seems to be a lot of with when I was in New York City is people people not letting me be human um, and there was because I ran this very large witchcraft community and because I was a pagan author and I'll never forget that one day I broke down in tears to my cousin and I said I can't hold all this and they looked at me like what is going on okay if you get blizzard on my coat I swear to god you're 10 minutes late with dairy it's our one year anniversary party and it's and I was about to tell a personal story. You it's a special it's a special occasion. Well you've got a job, you've got to turn on the Facebook video because we don't know how to use your video. You don't know how to like go live? No, that was that was your job. And you have it. We thought that there there she is everybody. There's the dairy queen that you play for. See she can't. To be fair, it's because you don't have the mouse. Yeah, that's what so I can finish my story now? Okay. So there was a moment. Yeah, they would like to hear it. All right. So there was this moment where um, they were, my coven was looking at me like, I don't understand how you could possibly be having a human emotion. Can you scoot in just a little bit? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and and one of them said, um, here, I'm still out. Yeah. Maybe you need a children. Let's see a little bit. All right. Look at that. If you have there we go. on the camera. That'd be nice. Yeah, we'll squeeze hey, it. Little did you know you're going to get real cozy it's with not, us. I don't need personal space. That's a thing. I transcended. Could you teach me how to transcend that thing? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but there was uh, the fact that they didn't understand that even though I was I was priestessing and I was writing and I was their source of, of, of guidance for witchcraft, they still didn't seem to understand that I was a person and that I had problems and I had to work through things. And one of them, and it, it made me what a hug this person and then shake this person when she said, well, sometimes I forget that you're human. Mm -hmm. And I was like, thank you, that's very sweet, and also I just need to, oh, I'm going to lose my mind. And so it was helpful. I thought, let's let's do something that shows that you don't need to be a superhuman like Iris who can transcend personal boundaries. <laughs> Not all of us can be Iris. That you can be someone who scratches her husband's car on the way to the recording. Don't tell our father. He's my insurance agent. <laughs> and don't give me our time But yeah, that happened on my way here. I was like, yeah, this, this is... Today? No, this was... Oh, no. I was, was like, I say it again. again? <laughs> no, I would not have been as steady and friendly. That's why I would not like, stop. Oh my God, already? I would not stop with just one... Um, okay, Garage Band quit unexpectedly, so we'll have to read. We'll just keep going and we'll, we'll start again. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Yeah. So. You know, this is like our life. See, the thing about a podcast that's really brilliant is like we get to like stop and like redo it. And if, if you know, like the mic quits or our, you know, our podcast quits, we're able to to fix it. Sometimes we have Skype problems. You know, it's like, it's, it's definitely challenging. And we've learned a lot actually from a technical standpoint, I feel like, in the last year. So we'll just keep rambling until we get that back up. So even I'm going to use this moment to do the special thing that Hillary does not know about. That Courtney and I have planned. Oh my god. I'm one of the very it. first podcasts, and I can't cry because I'm dead inside. So, one of the very first podcasts we had, we talked about 
how Courtney used to laugh at me because I would say, no, I'm not a witch. No, I just, you know, like spiritual things. And I had three brooms decorating one of my walls. And she came over one time and she goes, yeah, that's totally normal. Normal people who aren't witches totally decorate with brooms. That's totally a thing. <laughs> so over the years, a long time ago, I gave Courtney one of those brooms. And I have one more broom. And we want to give it to Hillary.
it, it has changed definitely my own practice and given me ideas and how to grow that, you know. Um, I think that it's often hard to find, to even know where to start. You kind of just go. You're like, I, I, this feels right to me. Um, I've always done a lot of um, kind of approaching things through intuition, and I think that being able to connect with these two and connect with all of our guests has allowed me to, to really grow in the, in the ways that I am uh, practicing and also just learn so much. I mean, I feel like every time a guest comes on, I'm just like, wow, what? You know so much more than me. Everyone knows so much more than we do. I know, and it's everyone. It's, it's, I feel very honored that they agree to come on and tolerate us. Every time, it's like a surprise. Like, really? Thank you. Thank you for being on our podcast. We're like, you really want to talk to us? We're kind of obnoxious. <laughs> Mostly Courtney, though. Are we back up and running? We are back up and running. Okay, well, for those of you that are just tuning in, this is That Witch Life Podcast. We have Iris here, the proprietor manager at uh, at uh, Ravenswing Magical Company, which is both in Portland, Oregon, in the Selwood neighborhood, and in, and in Oakland, California, which is also an awesome location I used to go to all the time when I was down there. That was my go-to place. So um, we're really excited to have you on. Uh, I'm going to read, I want to read your bio again, just because I want to make sure our listeners know who you are and, and, uh, and I spent some time on it, so thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, first, I hate writing bios, like, I hate it, because I hate talking about myself in that well, way. Well, I can help you. <laughs> no, no, okay. Listen. <laughs> when you can show up on time to a podcast, I'll take some lessons for you, uh, from you. I so, gave you a beautiful room. That's true, you did. Man, she's, she's gonna hold that over me forever. <laughs> Every time I'm like, God damn it, she's gonna, Kanani's gonna be like, um, what about that room I gave you? <laughs> um, so Iris Meredith Bell has been a witch ritualist and tarot reader for over 25, 25 years. Her mother was her first teacher in the craft. She has a passion for mythology, crystals, and stones, and helping people find their next steps. Iris is a student of astrology and herbal medicine. She holds an MA in philosophy of religion and a third degree high priestess hood in the Evensong tradition of Wicca. Iris is the general manager, Portland store manager, buyer, and a tarot reader at the Raven's Wing Magical Company, and basically a general badass. And apparently she has no issues with personal space because she has transcended. She has transcended all social anxiety and confusion. And yes, for exactly the amount of time that we are doing this podcast. <laughs> and then you're like, I'm going to hide in a hole. Yeah. I like that you can like funnel that in. You're like, I just have to maintain for this one time period. And then I go back into isolation. At least they smell good. If I can say one thing about Frank, at least they smell good. She's only stuck between two people. Yeah, we no, I shower. That's probably the nicest thing she's ever said. I can probably. Yeah, did you make? I made. I did. You're welcome. You're very, very blessed. Um, okay, so what about you, Kanani? As far as this year? Yeah, what, I mean, what, we, I mean, it's been a year we've this been doing is, this. What, tell, tell so me about Courtney you. said people like hearing us talk, we're going to do a podcast. And I said, okay. And I said, I don't want a podcast. Yeah, yeah. She said, I know. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I know. I know. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, it has been an absolutely incredible experience. I'm very similar to Hillary in that most of my practice uh, has been... Just things I dabble in, intuition, I kind of like this, I'm going to look into this, I'm going to kind of do this. The thing that I love the most about doing a podcast is it's exposing me to authors and people, which I think is why people like this podcast so much, that I wouldn't necessarily seek out myself. It's not necessarily something I'm into. So it, it's, I'm learning about, and then when I listen and I learn about it, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I want to learn more about that. 
And so it exposes you to all kinds of elements that maybe you wouldn't get exposure to otherwise. And so that's kind of been one of my favorite things about it. Another thing is I'm, I'm thinking about it a lot. I think about who's coming on. I think about past podcasts. I think about things we've talked about. So my practice is on my brain virtually all the time, which is not how it was for a very long time. It was just kind of something I did, something I dabbled with. You know, it was it was always there, but it wasn't the forefront. And I feel like now, you know, I'm I'm constantly burning candles, burning incense, thinking about different things. You know, I, I, a guy passed by my bedroom door the other day, and I was just like, oh, that's happening again. Okay, gonna have to get used to that. Walking out with some sage and checking on the kids, and like it's okay to hang out here with me. She's talking about a ghost, everybody, in case it's not all once you turn the light on, just things start happening. So that's kind of been happening a lot more. The thing that's been a little unnerving about it, which has been interesting because as somebody who's been in the community actually for quite a long time as part of Other World's Wonder and things like that, I've been a part of event planning, big events, Columbia Whale at Pagan Pride, Sunfest, other events that we have. So it's not that I'm hidden from community, but I've been a part of local community, whereas now my name and my face and things that I'm doing are on a much broader spectrum. So it's a different level of vulnerability that is very different and new for me. So that's been something I've been kind of dealing with, which has been interesting. And so that would be kind of, like I said, like the thing that I've been kind of more surprised by. And... But at the same time, it's kind of fun because that's not typically an element of vulnerability other people get to see. Because people have asked who watched the podcast, like, is that what you guys are really like? And the truth is, it's yes, exactly, it's literally this is exactly what, like what we're like all the time. Just this is how we talk to you in real life. Absolutely. <laughs> so, is that true? I'm asking my sister. Yes. Yeah. I'm just gonna. I'm not saying anything. No. This is a trap. Yeah. I mean, like, that would be it's my a trap. You did a good job. It's a trap. You did a good job. Um, but yeah, I, so I would say that this really is how, how we are and who we are. So it's a different level of kind of exposing yourself to people and allowing people into your life and your world. And so that's been kind of cool, but also a little unnerving. So for me, this has been, this has been a phenomenal experience and I love it. And the fact that other people seem to like it just surprises me every day. But <laughs> I'm glad people like it and, and I hope that we can continue to, um, bring things to people that they enjoy listening to and, and exposes them to things that otherwise maybe they wouldn't get to see. Also, just a quick note to those on Facebook that tuned in. If you are wanting an ASL interpretation, please go over to our Instagram page. We have a camera that, that has that uh, more visible. We kind of, we're working around trying to get enough camera angles so we're ca we're captured in each, uh, each space or each angle, but... Uh, was definitely I was like oh man I should have thought about this like you know the cameras only, are only so wide so so please tune in over there if, um, if, if you are wanting, wanting some interpretation from our amazing ASL interpreters anyway uh, we have a new moon coming up uh -huh. I took notes <laughs> I have a whole you, sheet of, of notes of course you do yes this is our overachiever yes <laughs> well that's what that's very so um 
The new moon is coming up on January 24th, which I think is a Friday, correct? Okay. Friday. Yes, this coming Friday. And um, it's also Lunar New Year starts on January 24th. Right, so we've got, so if you didn't start out, like if you, if you start out 2020 on a bad foot, you get another chance to start over again um, on the 24th, 25th. So um, we're moving out of Capricorn into Aquarius. Now Capricorn is the time when we all make our New Year's resolutions. It's the, it's the, it's the energy of, nope, I'm going to make this my year that I'm going to reorganize the entire house and I'm going to uh, be able to do bench press a thousand pounds. I'm going to do all this crazy stuff. Um, and then you hear about how New Year's resolutions tend to slide towards the end of January. Well, that's the Aquarius energy that's like, I don't like rules. I don't want to do them anymore. La, 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 la. So wait, is that why like when I started organizing my closet and then I just shoved everything back in the yes. closet? Yes. That's, that's, that's Aquarius energy that comes in. Yeah. So Aquarius likes... Um, it uh, likes to creative expression. It likes to um, to try new things. But what's funny about Aquarius is it loves rules. It wants to know all the rules so that it can go break a bunch of them, right? And so that's where um, um, we're. It's, this is a really good time for looking at the plans that either you've set up at the beginning of the year or other things in your life and asking yourself, is this really the best way to go about this or do I want to change my system and, and shake things up quite a bit? Um, so um, we're having a very... This, so when the new moon comes up, that's a good time for releasing things. It's also a good time for um, planting things. Um, not, not specifically herbs in this time of year in January. It's kind of cold. But perhaps this is when you um, want to um, just to start a new practice. Maybe this is when you actually really want to start your novel. New, time, new moons are a really good time to start creative projects and those sorts of things. This new moon is a little weird, though, because um, this is called Moon Squared Uranus, which is never not going to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> we like, are children. <laughs> like, However, so, um, and this tends to bring some chaotic, um, scattered energy, especially with emotions, um, because Uranus is a planet of, um, that doesn't Totally, no, yeah, no. Um, just eat your ice cream. It doesn't really like. Um, uh, it doesn't really like to delve deep into emotion. The Aquarius is much more about the mind. And if you've ever been close to an Aquarius person, if you start to get really sweet with them, they either start crying or they make a really inappropriate joke. Because um, that's kind of, they appreciate the love, but it's also like, this is a little uncomfortable. So, but Moon is about emotions. And so when it's squared Uranus, it means that there's a lot of um, crazy, chaotic emotions that are coming up. This is really good um, energy to break through any stagnation in regards to jobs um, if you are finding that the way like your Marie Kondo method isn't working for you, that you want to reorganize your house in a different way, this is a good way to bring that energy in. What I don't recommend using this energy for is in relationships. So if your relationship is at an impasse, this is not the time to shake things up a bit because it's probably going to mean you guys are going to start fighting and, and screaming at each other. So, But um, ways you can do that um, is oh my god, Broadband just quit again. What is happening? That's uh, the moon square Uranus. Oh, yes, yeah, the chaotic. We just need to say that word. Because every time. That is so weird. What is part what? No, when is Mercury retro? Um, I don't know when the next time it's retro. I have to look that up and I don't have that. The fourth. The fourth, you know, yeah. The fourth, I believe, of February. February yeah. Now that's on the internet, so if I'm wrong, everybody will know. But that's all right. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's the fourth of February, so we're already creeping up on that shadow phase of it. 
and that might be GarageBand. That might be GarageBand's issue as well. Depends. We have to look at, at GarageBand's chart. So some things that you could do is, um, I'm like you've heard me say before, I'm a huge fan of floor washes. So um, by putting some, putting a little bit of water on your windowsill on the new moon to charge it with some of that shake it up energy, just put a little bit in the bucket. Don't save it all. Don't throw it all in there. You could, you know, we put some in reserve, like I've talked about before, making your little ice cubes with certain magic energy and then thawing them and putting it in there. So that's what you can do. Yeah. So it doesn't get gross, yes. And then you have nice, fresh, preserved um, moon squared Uranus energy. Um, and <laughs> she just can't deal with it. Um, but yeah, yeah, it keeps us away from from, um, from uh, love and relationships. Um, also, considering doing some protective energy of your house, salting your threshold is something that Gemma McGowan talked with us about. Um, over over Samhain is a good way to protect yep. uh, protect your home from just chaotic energies or to keep weird people away. Um but also, at the end of the month before our next episode is Imolk, which is a holiday between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. So it's, um, it is sometimes called the beginning of early spring. It is when we actually first start to see the days growing longer. We know the days have been growing longer since the winter solstice, but come Imolk is when we start to notice that the sun is still up after 4.30 in the afternoon. Right? And this, <laughs> that would um, be nice. Right? This is a very old holiday. Um, it may be as old as 7,000 years old. We just don't really know based on some of the um, uh, the uh, passage tombs in Ireland have been aligned with the Immel, with Immel for since um, about seven, seven, eight, nine thousand years now. So this is this is a very, very old holiday. And it's um, associated with the goddess Bridget, um, who I wrote a book about. And um, so in some um, Irish traditions, it's believed that she visits houses kind of like Santa Claus on Immel and she brings blessings and things. So some of the things you could do would be leave out cloth for her, which you can then um, uh, which then is considered to be healing or blessing or soothing after that. Um, they also say leave her um, tea or other or um, cookies or something very much like Santa or whiskey um, by your hearth. If you don't have a hearth, which I don't, I sit on a nice bed on the couch and say Bridget is come, Bridget is welcome, and so that she blesses and protects your home um, for the year. So now you've got your work for the next couple of weeks. So, yeah. Excellent. Um, <laughs> Should we actually? I would like to start interviewing our amazing guests. Um, did we skip one thing, though, didn't we? No, we we always, we always talked about the Etsy shop. Oh, okay. Then yes. Yeah. How about that later? We right. we we brought it came up naturally. We have a list of things we wanted to make sure we we brought up for on the podcast, and that came up naturally when we talked about one of our guests that uh, that re, or one of our guests. I mean, one of our listeners who reached out uh, about about being able to ship and participate in the giveaway. They were international, so. Anyway, we've all heard about how awesome Iris is. <laughs> so I wrote it down so you would know. Yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate you doing that because I wish you made you a little like plaque that you could wear just so I am awesome. I am awesome, right? Um, and thank you for putting that together because as we mentioned earlier, I, everybody hates putting together a bio. I'm always like, no, don't do it. Um, so one of the first things we always ask our guests is... Store moments. Is, we're live at the store. I love this, actually. <laughs> this is a life shop life. Um, so one of the things we always ask our guests is, when did you first realize that you were a witch or a magical person? Was there, was there a moment in your life that, that kind of clicked? Yes. There was definitely a, an exact moment, actually. Amazing. I was in, um, I was in the seventh grade. Um, I was 12 years old, and I was in a social studies class, and I was super bored. 
and I had a vision. And just sort of, you know, you can get into a trance space on purpose, and sometimes you can get into a trance space because you're not paying attention to what's going on. And so I was phasing out of being in the room, and then the goddess appeared to me pretty directly, and there was this immediate sort of overlay. I could still see everything in front of me, but then I also saw this great big giant woman um, coming up out of the earth as though she was made of mountains and her hair was water and I tried to not cry because I was in the seventh grade in my social studies class and I was just like what is going on and as soon as I got home from school I went to my mother and um, I started to cry and she was like oh my god what happened you know and she let me into that other bedroom that I hadn't been let into before. And I discovered that she had been teaching herself witchcraft for the last three years and hadn't wanted to push it on any of her children, had a supportive but not participatory husband, and so she had her own little room that was full of herbs drying from the ceiling and a huge crystal ball on my great-grandmother's old cedar chest and um, just this amazing smelling space that I didn't know was in the middle of our house. And once I finally got the words out and said, I think I might be going crazy because this giant woman appeared to me in the middle <laughs> of third period today and I've been just barely holding it together since then. And she said... And she started to cry. Now I'm going to cry right now. She started to cry and she said, I've been waiting for you to come and ask. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to cry. Yeah. I'm, I'm a total sympathetic crier. If someone else cries, it's over. Yeah. So what a beautiful what a beautiful way to be. It's, I'm so lucky. Yeah. I'm so lucky um, that that was her response and that I then had a teacher. And we very quickly realized that we needed some sort of a structure yeah. in order to teach me things. And then we started exploring the local community. I grew up in St. Louis, in the suburbs of St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, we started exploring the local community there. And about 22, 21 and a half years ago, um, we founded a coven with five women. And that the... The names have changed, but the magic has stayed the same for more than 22 years. So that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. I'm so glad that you had that experience, <laughs> that you had someone there. Because, you know, I think especially when you experience thing, are experiencing things young and you don't know who to talk to or who to ask, mm -hmm. it's scary to, like, approach. I mean, even as a even as a grown-up, you know, it's scary, I think. It is. But um, especially when you're younger and you're going, uh, excuse me, what just happened? Some lady just crawled out of the earth in my third period class. Like, exactly. what the hell just happened? Nobody else in the room saw that. Yeah, so. and then you're like, oh, my gosh. And, and I think that can be a game-changer and, you know, um, both as a child and an adult kind of coming into magic and coming into witchcraft to have that resource and someone to say, like, hey, actually, you're not crazy. Like, let's talk about this. This is, like... Yeah. And that's why stores like this are so are so, so important, which important. is why it's really important to support your local bookstore. Because Amazon has, has put a lot of pressure on these kind of stores. Yeah. And if you have one near you, go support them. Because it was last time I was here at my Morgan talk, and um, there were a couple little witchlets that came in in Catholic school <laughs> uniforms. And I was like, you're like, we're, you're us. Children, come on. That is, I mean, it's horrifying. That is my uniting children is not a vision I need. My gingerbread house is ready for it. <laughs> oh, that 
what you're looking for. Because it, it's like, what the hell is that? And I'm like, I'm Haley. Something she read about in one of Paltrow's magazine or something. Uh, <laughs> so I think that that's another thing, you know, some of the strangest questions that we get. Sometimes people come here and we don't have what they need. Sometimes what they need is like proper mental health support. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. happens. Yeah. And, um, and to be perfectly frank, it happened more in Oakland than it does here. Mm -hmm. But we're young yet, so we'll see. Um, and Don't see in Portland. Yes, right. <laughs> so, so, let's let's more balanced. Yeah. I mean, well, I yeah. This, this neighborhood is getting more urban, and so we'll get more of folks who are a little less in control of their own faculties. But um, we that is one of the things that you have to like know how to deal with. Um, and I'll, the, probably the most common question we get, which has the most varied answer, is my heart is broken, how do I get them back? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That is the most question. complicated question yeah. that we get. That's such a hard question, too, because you're like, I, I mean, I think we've all been a person that's just like grasping at whatever we have left to try and salvage what we feel, what is breaking in us. And I think that's like, you know, you're, you're, you're desperate. You're like, how? Yeah. And that's right. Like, it's a hard thing to address, too, because you're like, well, let's what, let's talk about the bigger picture, you know, and it, it's like how to be helpful and recognize that you're not a mental health support person, you know, right. how to give advice that's practical, but encourage people to get the support they might need. And also to, you know, address somebody and say, let's get you past the point of crisis before you start yeah. doing witchcraft on other people, please, and thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's move you out of a crisis space. Because you're like, mm, let's not the most rational, grounded, like, logical place to be. Right. We've all been in that place. That makes perfect sense. I, I've lived in that place most of my life. <laughs> I mean, I think, and I think too. It, I mean, that actually brings up a good topic because I think it's important to like look at when you're when you're doing magic and and when you're uh, really doing the work to, to pay attention to what you need on a personal level um, and make sure that you're in a good space to do that. Both in in making sure that you don't drain your own resource, but also in what you cast out there. You know, well, I feel like chaos brings chaos. Yeah. yeah. So if emotionally oh, yeah. you're just a bunch of nerves and chaos, whatever you do, no matter what you're trying to do, you're That's going to send out chaos. chaos. Right. That actually, speaking of that, might for this next conjunction, which Kanani is having a hard time with, um, it, that might be a time to actually I don't know if it's always necessary to exercise those feelings and energy. Sometimes it's me, I think, just to embrace them, love them really hard so that they find the right place within you. You know, whatever whatever that has happened to bring up those kind of emotions, it's not going to go away. When your heart is broken, your heart has changed. So it's not like, let me get rid of my heartbreak. It's, no, you need to, let's heal the heartbreak and move forward with your new heart. Because it's part of you. It's part, yeah, of, it's part you. of you. So this, um, this new moon that's coming up is a good time when if there are those places within us that are out of sorts, I mean, things are so intense right now really that I think everybody's feeling things a lot more than they, they normally do but it's a good time to, to say I appreciate you I know you mean something to me but let's find place for you with, within the life that I have now so you're not I'm not tripping over you as I'm, I'm moving along yeah, for sure yeah. um, so speaking of I mean speaking of sorry <laughs> totally stumbled over my own words just now I don't know what happened um so, speaking of things that you can utilize for the new moon coming up, or for any of your rituals, we're in this incredible shop. We have all of these amazing tools, 
um, resources. When you look at stocking your witch's cabinet, when you look at what is useful for you to have on hand at any given time, that kind of like core list of things that are useful, talk about some of the things that um, that you might recommend as just ba basics to have on hand in your witch's cabinet. So. The first magic thing that I think you need to have at all times is something to set your space. That, I think, is actually the first thing, because if you can set your space and put yourself in the right place to do magic, then the rest of the tools become extra. And I'm a Taurus, and I'm a buyer for this amazing shop, and so I love all the extra things. Things are very exciting to me, but um, the magic, they're tools that you channel the magic through and yes. so the first thing you need is like salt and some sort of grounding or cleansing herb sage is very popular although certain types of sage are over harvested and there's controversy around it I'm a big fan of juniper um, and um, since I moved up here, I've been using cedar more because it's very yes. prevalent here. And Team lemon balm, invasive weed, oh, yeah. yeah. anyway, yeah. and then yeah. it will cleanse your space. And it'll cleanse everything. So salt and some sort of a cleansing herb is should just always be there. Yeah, always available. You can salt your doorways, as you mentioned before, to protect your space. You can throw a little bit of both of those in a bath and get yourself cleansed and wash all of that off and start from a place of knowing your pure intention. And I feel like that's like number one. I actually learned this very recently over over you all. Someone had showed me that they in their cauldron instead of oh I I love incense and smells and all that stuff. I hate the smell of the charcoal mm. that you light and it's just nasty and you have to light it. Love nasty. That. It's nasty. Yeah. I love before you put the incense on it, that's like I know you, just, you have to get through that before. And you like, I'm inconvenienced and this it's is already awful. ruining everything. <laughs> so someone showed me that what they do instead is they use really coarse sea salt and they put it in the dish and then they put the herbs on top of the sea salt and they burn it. And if the sea salt protects the whatever you're putting it in, the vessel, so that it doesn't burn, but you don't have to pre-light the charcoal to get the herbs to burn. And I'm like, And no. smaller carbon footprint. Charcoal yeah. gone. Yeah. So I've started doing that now where I have a bunch of really coarse salt that I start with, and then I put the burning herbs on top of my burn. Wow. And you don't have to use the charcoal. I we sell a very fancy Japanese charcoal that is pure bamboo Ooh. that has no saltpeter and so it doesn't have, have any that nasty that smell. The unnasty, unnasty, unnasty. See, I like that smell. It feels like ritual, <laughs> like the sulfur of a match feels. It's like an acquired, you know. Yeah. You also carry those little portable. Um, Yes. I mean, I don't even know what they're called, but I, so, I bought one last time I was in here, and it's the coolest. Can you explain what I'm talking so about? We have this, and, and as I've been a buyer for this company for like 12 years, and I get information all the time. We get flyers, we get all this stuff like, hey, buy my stuff. And I haven't seen anything innovative like this in a long time. And so it's a, it's called the Native Flame is the name of the company. You can look it up on Instagram. They're out of New Zealand or Australia. I think it's New Zealand. And um, they're like, it's a little butane lighter with a topper on it that 
holds your resin and stuff. No. So you yeah. click it on like a lighter. I, I mean, I use it. It's So like it, it's like you, it looks like a little pen almost with this little kind of chamber up top. When you light it, it lights, it heats the resin. It's really good. And then it, you walk and around, it takes the smoke. And, and then you're just, just holding this wand with a smoke on top of it. And then you, that's what it, and then you can let it go yes. and then light it if you need, need to heat it back up. But it, it's really cool. I've used it um, in helping. I was helping someone kind of set up a new space for themselves, and and you know kind of wanted to set a good intention and energy in that space. And I loved it because I was they the smoke alarms were really sensitive there, and I was like, oh, if we put this uh, herb, these herbs or this resin on um, on the charcoal, it's just gonna like set them all off. And um, but it was so nice, and it just, it's like you can keep it in your bag, it's very simple, you don't have to have stuff to light, it's not difficult to light. Um, so I yeah. call the smoke alarms the bacon alarm. The bacon alarm. <laughs> when the smoke <laughs> alarm is ready. That's, that's how you know, the bacon alarm. So what's something, when you look at products here, so we've talked about like kind of the basics of like having the salt and having a good cleansing herb. And the nice thing about those things is you can find those almost anywhere. So if you're in an area where it's harder to get stuff in, either shipped or find a shop locally, um, that's something a lot that you can find a lot of times in your grocery store. Absolutely. Um, or, in the, or you can forage for in the woods, depending on what part of the world you're in. Um, when you look at things here, what's something that's a specialty item? Something that you carry outside what we just talked about, which is definitely special and super cool. But is there something here that you find is um, really special to add to your collection? Something like fire and a wand, which we're all going to have. Which we're all going to buy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody needs fire and a wand. like a Harry Potter curl racing. <laughs> I'm like, what's that company's name again? We're looking for sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> fire and a wand. Native flame. Yeah. It's really, it's really Advertise with us. You like it. We have, you know, simple Athames or knives. We have uh, simple chalices, and you know, we do carry things that come from large clearing houses, Edge um, Green and New Leaf Distributing, and like some of those big New Age and Hagen companies that they're all familiar names to me because I've been doing this forever. But one of the things that I love is that in my shop, in both of my shops, you can find locally made magical products. You can find beautiful handmade mugs from a local potter. You can find um, Guardian Illusions also on Instagram. Love um, you can find um, altar dishes made by somebody. You can find beautiful copper wands with crystals on the end that were made by a real witch in your neighborhood. And um, it's one of the things that you don't find the same things in this shop that you do in our Oakland shop because down there, There's they have their things. own yeah. makers yeah. who are yeah. doing amazing yeah, things. So cool. Beautiful screen printed altar cloths that I wish I could get that they have down there. Um, and um, a lot of jewelry in both places that were made with the intention. So it's not just like, I'll take this jewelry and I'll charge it up to be an amulet. You're buying somebody else's right. magic. You're bringing in somebody else's energy right from the get-go. And the truth is, I I think that's true whenever you buy something something handmade like for example my stepfather made the candle that we're giving in the giveaway and we all got some they gave us some for christmas i have a bunch and we've all used they're it for so magic nice. they're so powerful my stepfather does not practice but he so 
painstakingly creates these candles with so much yeah. love and attention. I've made, I've mentioned to him, what if you, you know, sold them at a, a craft fair? And he was like, I can never. I can only give them to people that are important to Like, they're so valuable and important to him that you can just tell when you use these candles how powerful they are. And so I think that's true with most anything that's hand-created, even yeah. if it's not done with a magical intent, there's so much love and care that went into the making of these items that they just make them more powerful if you use them for magical purposes. Yeah. I think, too, you know, it's, I mean, reason number 7 million that, that you should support your local store. You're, you're A, getting and local artists. a really uh, kind of vast amount of knowledge and resource, but also you're able to find products that are locally that you might not be able to find online. Yeah. You might not be able to find it unless you happen to go to a craft fair or a, or a, or pay and pride here, or, yeah. you know, so like to exactly. be able to walk in and, and find those things that are special and support local, local, small, small local business and local artists is huge. I just want to say that, um, reason number seven million and two or yeah. whatever, yeah. Um, would be also that those, that's your community that's employed in that. Yes, yes, yes right. Is that you are paying for something and maybe, maybe that book is more expensive in that shop than it would be on Amazon. And I understand if you don't have the uh, ability to spend that much. Sure. But what you're supporting is um, hopefully an ethically run business. Yes. And if five to ten local witches are getting their salary based on you making sure that you're a part of that community. It's their, sure. it's their kids' ballet lessons is what you're yeah, serious supporting, that sort of thing. And also and um, their ability to provide yeah, these and, amazing resources for you. And local artists tend to be... Um, as, as a whole, tend to be more environmentally conscious. So their products have a smaller carbon footprint. They're not being made in factories somewhere. They're being made in shelves super far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. things that they grew in their backyard, that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. What is something that you feel that people don't realize that they need, but they might? Like, you know, people know salt. People, people know sage or other cleansing herbs. But what's something that you think is really valuable to have that people might not even realize that they need? Um, honestly, I think a good groom or fan mm, is yeah. a really important thing. That's a good one. Not just for not just because I gave them to you, <laughs> right? Not just because of that. Um, but any sort of something that works with because cleansing, we often think of cleansing smoke. We often think of grounding salts. We often think of all of that. But something that you can literally push away energy with. A fan, a broom, something that um, you can use to cleanse the air and the aura of your space. Sometimes I feel the physical, the, the, the visualization of that really helps people to focus. Because it's one thing if you're like holding it and you're, say you're staging or you're using healing uh, healing incense to kind of spread out. It's one thing if you're kind of like doing it. When, you, when you're really doing it like with a fan, I feel like it really helps you to kind of focus that energy and it just makes it a little bit more powerful than if you're just kind of maybe walking around and thinking about it. You know, there's just something that's a lot more. I think that visual representation, I think you're right. That's something that's that spreading. you don't really think about it, but if you have that, it really... As a death. Well, it's, it's the same thing for cleaning your house. If you put water on the floor, okay, uh, th there will you're going to end up with you've got water on the floor, and technically, I guess that spot is clean. But if you don't use the the mop or the towel or something to wipe up the mess and get it out, uh, but then it just kind of sits there. And that was a challenge I had early as a witch, where I'm like, come in, raise all this energy. 
And then what are you going to do with it? Yeah, I don't know. It it's like, well, then it's kind of like things are overflowing and it's going to hit in any area of your life and probably have some effects you don't like, which is why some people say, ooh, witchcraft is bad. Or I had it, I had it, um, what do they say? It's like uh, backlash, the spell backfires. The spell backfires. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe you just left a giant puddle of energetic water in your house and right. you didn't actually do anything with it. So yeah. there's a sense I've seen people that are like, well, what are you going to do with that? With the, all, all well, there was so much energy. And you're Great. Like, cool, but it got to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you got to spread it around. And I think that that's the other piece. Um, similar to like a fan or something like that. I just, I'm looking at these beautiful drums that we have, which are oh, also yeah. made by a local mm-hmm. artisan They're out so of the Seattle area. They're gorgeous. And something like a drum or a bell. I love yeah. bells. Yeah. I love bells or rattle. Or rattle. I have a rattle that I use that I love. Using I also love bells. And it's sound, but it's moreover, it's the vibration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of time we talk about good vibes and bad vibes. You have to kind of shake up and reset the vibe a lot of the time. Singing bowls are also Singing really bowls are very useful. So using sound, I think, is another important thing that gets overlooked sometimes. That's a really good point. You know, I think for years I didn't, like, I just didn't even think about that. Uh, until I was in a shop uh, a number of years ago and someone was using a bell. And I was like, what are you doing? You know, like... I mean, that's cool, that bell sounds nice, but like, what is that for? And they were saying they were like shifting energy. They were moving energy, they were moving it out, they were trying to get some energy out of the shop. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Do you, do you tell me more about that? And they were, they were talking about how different, um, different vibra- vibrations, different sounds, rattles, bells can be used. And I was like, who even knew? And I had no, I had no clue. And I do agree that it's not talked about very often. Um, so for pe- so if people are looking for, if people aren't local, mm-hmm. you, you guys sell online, correct? We do not yet sell online. Okay. We do not. I'm hoping that... Do you think that, that thing someday, too? Yes. Yeah, that's very exciting. general manager of the Ravens Wing Magic Quote, I can tell you, it's one of my goals for our company to be able to sell online, although we're not going to be just selling, selling things online. Like, if I order something through the Azure Green catalog to put on my shelf here... I'm not going to put that on my website because you can just go to the Azure Green website. You can't get, yeah. Exactly. It's nice to go if you're not close to a store that is a magically run company and you're not like supporting a Walmart. Right. No, absolutely not. But it is one of the larger distributorships and they're very, um, they have very good prices, I should tell you. Is that hey. something that you can... And we're back. <laughs> there we go. Extreme, close very extreme close-up of my face. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> is lavender something that you can grow indoors? Yes. It is. It, it is. And now I'm not probably a plant person. Exactly. Um, but you would need to give it more light than yes. you might think. Um, and it's the kind of plant that you'd want to kind of travel around if you have a small apartment or something. Yeah. Chase the light with it a little bit. Um, and it, it's, um, but rosemary, especially if you get something that's already started, is very hard. It's very hard to kill. And, uh, I actually don't have I've had had the worst luck with basil but I have found that I actually had more luck with it in I lived in a little this little apartment in in Oakland and I put it in my window and it's the only place that I've ever gotten it to grow and I think I don't know maybe just got the right sun exposure or or whatever but you know they're Try moving plants around the house. I try and shift mine around. That's something that uh, one of my friends who's, a, you know, a plant witch told me. She was just like, oh, you know what? Like, you just go, when was the last time you rotated this plant? I'm like, rotated the plant? What are you talking about? You know, like, I mean, when was the last time you moved this to another? What? I had no idea that, like, rotating things and moving the position helps. Um, and so, yeah, there, but definitely, I mean, sometimes even at a grocery store, you can get basil plants. Absolutely. You know? So, yeah. so um, those are all great suggestions. Um, 
What are some things that you think would be good to utilize uh, with this coming up, this new one that's coming up? Well, I am a big fan of baths myself. Yes, I love bath magic. Um, and a new moon bath is a really great idea. Um, I would um, pull in, actually, that basil that we just talked about. This um, In the hoodoo tradition, I learned when I was living in Oakland, in the hoodoo tradition, a, a fresh basil in your bath can wash away regret and heartache. Mm, and um, yeah. this is a really good time for that, for that being broken up. I would also maybe do some, um, and this is something you don't need products for. But um, <laughs> doing some sort of um, poetry writing or songwriting at this time, we were talking about sound before and how that can reset the energy. And using your own voice, singing one of your favorite songs, singing one of your favorite pagan songs, I don't care if it's a pop song, something that makes you feel centered while this chaos is going. Would that be a Lizzo song? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yes, she I mean, made profits. Every seriously though, every time I'm like feeling Lizzo. rough or I'm just like, mm, I don't know. I'm like, we put on some Lizzo and I'm like dancing out the door. I'm like ready to go for my day. So yeah, I'm, I'm I very centering. I love Lizzo. Lizzo's Lizzo. 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 That's a lot. <laughs> I, like, I, I literally just turned to Kanani because I was like, I don't know about her. Yeah, like, be promised to behave. <laughs> also, Lizzo, if you want to come to my shop and do yeah. a live show, yeah, we can do it on the podcast. In, in, in case we love you. <laughs> we love you, Remy. People, people are shouting, shouting from the back there, so excited. Right. Let's make that happen, seriously. And, and manifest. Manifest Lizzo. Manifest, manifest Lizzo. Yes. Manifest 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one of the things that we hyped up that we're going to do, and we've had one, this happened one other time, um, we want Kanani, right? Yes. I know, putting you on the spot. So as we've talked about, Kanani has seen like no movies that we've all seen, right? And so one of the things that I we asked her to do this time was to watch Bram Stoker's Dracula. Because the rest of the world has already seen it. The rest of the world has already seen it. I'm going to point out segment. she literally thought it was a Hallmark movie when I described the plot during the Yule episode. Described the plot during, is it a Hallmark movie or is it a Wish movie Kanani still hasn't seen? And she said, that sounds like a Hallmark movie. That sounds like a Hallmark movie. It is Bram Stoker's Dracula. So in this uh, this segment of uh, Kanani Reviews, a movie that the rest of the world's already seen, what did you think of Bram Stoker's Dracula? So let me let me preface this with because you guys tease me that all these that I'm I'm soccer mom Morticia on on uh, on Instagram and you tease me that I'm into all this goth stuff but I haven't seen goth movies. I've also not seen regular movies. Okay, I've seen no movies of any kind. So. It, I just this not, weekend. It's not, not just specific. Okay. It's just this weekend for the very first time. I watched the very first six Star Wars. Mm. I've never <laughs> seen them in my life. <laughs> I just binge watched them with my children because we're gonna take them to go see the new one, and I insisted that they needed to see the first ones. Otherwise, the last one will have no context. So I also saw those. You're welcome. So <laughs> I mean, that's literally like, not one of the movies. That Grand Dracula. <laughs> 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 that's true. <laughs> that's 
really Who funny. Who is like the hero we all need? That's really all I needed. Like, like, I was just can also come on the show. Just yes, throw please. out there, please. please. I'm sorry, I'm not She's getting so props for dating an age-appropriate woman. I don't think that's not why I'm That's not okay. It just seems like a genuinely nice All right. I thought that looks like someone you want to have sex with. That's why. It's not confusing. Anyway, so I just, I got to look at him. And it was wonderful. Um, awkward. I actually, I actually like this movie. The first movie, you guys, the the crow. Don't need to watch it. 
if you haven't seen the worst of Dracula, I think we need to do some research, or you need to do some research into how you review something. No. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't seen the worst of Dracula, no, not even see. Oh, maybe. No. That's what I think. No, don't see it. Or just okay. Worst of Dracula is worth a see if you have not already seen it. I'm glad that I saw it. Lord. Okay. Yes. Um. So one of the things that Courtney did when she got here. Was, oh my God! It's seriously quitting in. You know what we're gonna do? I'm gonna try to make a recording from the video. So there you go. That's the vibe. Okay, yeah, we can That's probably, we, we can definitely make we'll it. We'll figure it out. Video. Um, so, yeah, I know. It's like, I mean, we've all, all of us have done the like, theater, so it's like, we've all had it. I've had, I've had pieces of sets follow me. I got my ass stuck in an ice bucket. Like, it's lots of weird things about I wore a corset and underpants and was rocking in. And you were really sober, too. I had five shots of... I don't remember what it was. What was it? I don't know. It wasn't there. It tastes like... You were texting me all night long, but I was ignoring you. I'm sorry. It tastes like candy. What Someone knows. What is the, the booze that tastes like black licorice? Jaeger. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Jaeger. I know. It's like... Jaeger shots Jaeger. I know. I was like absent. I was like... I'm so different. Absent. She wouldn't have him here anymore. I was like... We would be here because you would be dead. So... When we got here, Courtney got to spend some time in the shop, and she actually has some book recommendations for you, and she pulled these from the shelves of this shop. Sometime equals, oh my god, we're starting in five minutes, and I forgot to get book recommendations, so I'm over there asking customers, I'm so sorry, can you move aside, so I was ruining their clientele base. I know your client's going to be like, we like the store until Until she came in. (laughs) Story of my life. Anyway, um, so I have three book recommendations, and the first one is by Laura Tempest-Sakroff, and it's called The Witch's Cauldron of the Craft, Lore, and Magic of Ritual Vessels. Uh, Tempest is on, is on our list of people to um, get in. She has a lot of great uh, books, but if you're not sure about the different kinds of spells and magic you can do with the cauldron, this is a really, really good resource. Um, it's short, it's pretty, and that's what's important. Um, also, speaking of short and pretty, we have uh, Madame McClear's book from Pagan Portals. Again, this this time comes from the more 201 recommendations, or even 301, 401. Uh, because this is a smaller press, they take more risks in what they publish, and they tend to publish things that are um, much more academically inclined. This one's written by Morgan Daimler, and this is about Manon McClear, the Celtic god of the sea. And so it has a lot about his mythology and ways to work with him, and she's an excellent writer, definitely somebody you should be following. Um, and again, it's short and it's pretty, so it makes people happy. And the third one I'm going to recommend, these are two different ones about deities, but, you know, that's also what I do. Uh, Miss Artemis, who is um, the, this one just said, the virgin goddess of the sun and moon. This doesn't mean that Artemis never had sex. It means that she never felt like marrying anyone. So she was a single lady through and through, um, and she was a huntress and connected with animals and also connected with the moon. And um, and I'm going to ruin this name. I know it's Serena de Este. Is that how it's pronounced? Oh, I did it. Oh, good. I've been reading it. I'm like, I know I'm going to ruin this. And she is one of the great uh, pagan ap- academics of this time period. And she's somebody that I go to in doing research. But her work is not inaccessible. You don't have to feel like you're reading a PhD thesis to know what's going on. And so all three of these are available at the Raven's Wing. And um, they're pretty commonly available anywhere. So definitely ask your local bookstore for these if you don't have them here. And I feel like, because we talk about, like you say, a lot of people are interested in more of the 201 kind of 301 type books. Your local pagan store is where you're more going to find those kinds yeah. of books, more so than if you're just doing a Google search or looking on Amazon well, that's the, like that. I mean, that's the hugest benefit, the largest benefit of coming into a shop is that 
you're not just like, is this book good? Is it right for what I'm looking for? Am I at the right stage? Will I be able to understand it? Do I need some context prior? You come in here and you say, hey, Iris, I'm not sure, you know, or Willow or Remy, I'm not sure what, you know, this is what I'm looking for. I, I don't really know what direction to go. Um, and so it's one of the benefits for coming in or tuning in the podcast for recommendations as well. But when you go to a shop, you just they're able to help you tailor what you're looking for in, in just so much so much of a better way. And they, and they tend to intentionally stock, I'm sure, more of the higher level because the 101s kind of both, you can get right. everywhere. I mean, you want some 101s, but you guys also want... Yeah. Well, and we also order the books that we want to read. Right. The other right. And so somebody who has been practicing for over 25 years still maybe hasn't done specific research on the Morrigan, and so we're going to grab one of Courtney's books. Um, or we're going to grab, I want to say... Well this. done, Iris. Thank well you. done. Thank you. Um, but... Uh, I hate her to say that. It's fine. I, <laughs> not much. <laughs> not enough. I got to meet Sarita de Este. I went to um, the Glastonbury Goddess Conference in 2017, and I got to meet her. Wow. And um, she is she's sort of like this icon of academic paganism right now. And she's also like a really nice person and a mom and like somebody you can talk to. And one of the things that I think I was reflecting on while you all were talking about the experience of doing this podcast, my experience of running this store is similar. You know, Laura Temple Staffroff has come and done belly dance performance and workshops here. Courtney has come and done workshops here. We get to host um, incredible people. And your local shop hosts people on their book tour, no matter where you are. If you have to drive an hour to get to the bigger town that has that local shop, find out what events they have going yeah. on, because that's how you're going to meet some of these people that you've been reading for years, maybe. And thank you to see me and of your wife. I passed over there thinking I can make myself useful and actually start reading questions off um, our, uh, our Instagram and Facebook. So I was just going to, I was like, literally, I'd be like, I can pull that. I mean, and I think maybe what we can do is, uh, perfect. Maybe what we can do is start with questions here while we're getting, uh, while we're getting access to the feeds. Because we don't want to pull the camera so that you can't see anything. So, we're going to try and log in uh, via one of our devices to be able to read those questions. But why don't we start here? Does anyone here have any questions? Um, this is a question for Iris. Um, so uh, the topic of like ethically sourcing, like where you get your ma magic rocks and crystals, has come up a, a good bit, and. Um, also, like ethically sourcing incense, like frankincense, which a lot of people don't realize comes from a tree yeah. that's native to Ethiopia. So when you are buying overseas for some of these like products, how do you make sure that you know that it's ethically sourced and it's not like you know like blood diamonds like being used for child labor yeah. and such? So like, what's your process? That's a really good question. Uh, great vetting vendors. It's a really great question, and it's one that we are taking up more and more in this company. Um, like I mentioned before about sage, there's a lot of controversy about burning sage. There's folks um, from native communities who say, if you're not from this native community, you shouldn't be burning sage at all. It's not magic for you. Um, there's other folks who are saying you shouldn't burn sage because it's over-harvested and there's no way to guarantee ethical sourcing. And then there's also people who grow their own sage and then burn that. And so um, that's sort of where we have jumped in recently on that. And our stores are selling out of all of the white sage that we've already purchased. 
and then we won't be selling it anymore. And we'll be selling desert sage, blue sage, um, sometimes they call it grandfather sage, um, that's grown in a Shasta area that we know the people who have the farm for it. And that's one of the things. In terms of, um, in terms of stones, it is very difficult to know the actual source all the way down from your crystals, where they come from. Just to note, somebody said that um, listeners cannot hear the questions from the audience, so let's make sure we're okay, repeat that. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that question was just, and it probably in this case was clear, but the question was, how do you vet vendors, or what's a good way to make sure that the, the resources you're using, the companies you're using, are you, or that you're, you're sourcing, sourcing, sourcing things ethically? Right. Um, so in case in case you missed that, but yeah, that's a good point. Like, thank, thank you. Whoever shouted that out, um, it's helpful to, um, to, to. We actually have a couple of like super fast questions on Facebook. One is yes, we were going to put the book list on the website later, so the books that you reference will be on the website. And someone said, Hi, Rhonda, said, Kanani, have you seen Bell Book and Candle? The answer is no, and that is actually next on my list for movies to review, and I'm actually super excited about it. Because it's, what is it, like the 50s? It's an old, oh, yes. older movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With like older uh, actors and actresses. So I'm actually super excited to watch that one. So yes, I will. the next movie I'll be reviewing is Bell Book and Candle. I just want to wrap up because Crystals in specific has come up more and more recently and I want to make sure to address it. So we're lucky because our company has been around for 12 years now. We go to the big Tucson Gem and Mineral Show. I'm going in a week and a half and it's going to be exhausting. And it's also going to be amazing. And if you if you follow the Raven's Wing on Instagram, you will see pictures of me standing inside of gigantic geodes and things like that. Um, but uh, you... When you go to those places, you have to talk to people, and you have to talk to people about, and you have to decide how much you trust what they're telling you, and because we've been doing this for 12 years, we do our best, and I don't feel ethically okay with promising you that we've done the best that is possible, and so it's a process that we're building into, you know, capitalism doesn't leave a lot of room for ethical sourcing, actually, and, um, so I think it's very important, though, especially when you're using these as your magical tools. You get yourself into a place of pure intention, but the the crystals you're working with or the tools that you're working with, if they didn't start with a pure intention, you are carrying that into your magic. And I think that's an important question. So um, we had some other questions. Um, we have to see some on Instagram. Um, I'm not able to see them on Instagram, but we had a question that came up um, actually in an email to us, which was somebody was wondering um, about coven breakups and oh. what that has done for yeah. witches, and if you're ever able to stay friends with the coveners after that. So Iris, you can start with that one. I'll catch up. May I? Because it's so funny. I in preparing to be on this podcast, I was like, okay, so honestly, nobody's going to ask a question that's going to be super challenging because it's going to be the same sort of questions that I get just working at a day in the store. You know, what would you recommend for X, Y, or Z? And then I thought, what if they want to ask the big thorny question? (laughs) And I think that it is a big thorny question. And I have personally gone through, um, for witches in the Bay Area, you may know about this giant coven breakup because I was a part of a very big, very public coven that um, went away when I left it in a certain way. And um, it had become toxic internally. But our internal and our external were very separate. And so we would put on 
like 20 or 30 public rituals every year. Just tons and oh, tons of ritual. Mm -hmm. For 10 years, I was doing about 25 rituals a year mm -hmm. for the public. Ask me about how my personal magical practice worked during that time. Probably didn't. It was basically non-existent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, while I'm teaching right now, I have not been doing any public ritual, not even attending public ritual for the last two years, because I've been healing from some of that burnout. And the, the high level of output without the internal taking care of is kind of what split that coven apart. There's a lot of other drama, of course, but which drama is real and can be... situations and sometimes we don't always act like our highest self um, and one of the challenge one of the blessings of witchcraft is there is no doctrine that you have to follow that is also one of the challenges of witchcraft um, because I was talking with um, some a friend of mine who's in mainstream religion and he was also exploring witchcraft for a while we were having a coven problem and he said you know in my church we just all sit down and say you know who are we as, as members of this religion and we have that and that doesn't exist within witchcraft. And there is, a, like I said, there's a freedom in that because you don't have um, people telling you who to be and you're, you're accepted for who you are. But at the same time, then when you are um, leaning into just what your own moral code is and that may not match the moral code of the person next to you, then that's going to that can cause conflict sometimes. Um, and I think sometimes witches are too quick to walk away. And I know what your situation, so please, yours is exempt. <laughs> but I know that there, there are, um, I know that I behave very badly way over 10 years ago because I was angry at the way, at some choices a governor made um, that affected me because she was going through a really bad time. Um, and I took it very personally. Like, you are my coven sister. You shouldn't have treated me that way. And I threw a huge fit and I blew up the coven. And... Um, it actually was better because she moved on to do things she needed to do, and I started a coven that was much more functional and, and did much much bigger things. Um, and one morning I woke up and realized that I was really wrong, um, recognizing that, she, that the place where she was at was leading her to make hurtful choices. And it wasn't that she was a bad person, and I needed to, I, 
wrote her that day and said, I would love to get together, and I'm, I'm, I'm understanding if you don't want to see me, but let's let's do it. And she did. She came out with me, and I um, and I had the chance to say, I screwed up, and that you didn't deserve that treatment. Um, I kind of hoping she'd come back around and say, well, I'm sorry that you got hurt. She didn't, but you know what? It's okay. I was the one who acted worse. And so I just said, you know what? I'm just going to take this and, and run on with it, so... Yeah, I think yeah. I think sometimes when we're in like really vulnerable spots, or when we're in when when the work we're doing is bringing up a huge amount of like things that are triggering to us, or things that are really challenging to work through. You know, it's sometimes hard. You know, I think in day to day life we can like compartmentalize that more because we're not having to be so open and vulnerable the way we are when we're working with magic. And so I think that I think that sometimes that slips out. And I always try and approach things with I assume good intent. I mean, obviously, sometimes there's very clear scenarios where there's not good intent, but I try and assume good intent and then look at why. Like, so, okay, something happened. You're, someone did something that was was not the, the best way to behave or someone, you know, said something that was hurtful. But to assume that they didn't go at it from a really malicious place and say, like, maybe they didn't realize. And I think keeping trying to communicate um, as much as you can to, to be able to say, hey, you said this thing and, or you did this thing and I, you, maybe you didn't realize but it was very hurtful and, and this is why. And then also to recognize that sometimes people are not willing to have that conversation with you and it's okay to like let them go and just say like, you know what, I wish you the best, I wish I want everything that's good for you, but I just let you go from what I'm holding on to. Well, part of one of the times and you hit on it when you said one of the most common questions people come in is when they're in heartache. Yeah, yeah. And I think that a lot of times everyone gets caught up in their day-to-day, the mundane, the working, the paying bills, all the things that you have to do that takes over your life. When we start to kind of lean back, I think, to magic and practice and covens and things like that is, is in times where maybe we're in a much more emotionally vulnerable state, which can be very helpful, but at the same time, it puts a lot of pressure. The person who's in a bad state can be putting a lot of pressure on the group, and maybe they're not feeling better. It's like, well, then you guys are doing something wrong. When really, they're just in a really bad place. Covens are not therapy. Covens are not therapy. They're not support groups. They're not therapy. And I think that's that's part of the difficulty is people kind of start to lean in at that time, and I think that's when a lot of conflict arises because a lot of people go and they're part of their coven for the magical experience. They're not there for group counseling, and they're not there for and they're everyone not. to, you know, make spend the whole time making one person feel better. And, right. So, and, it, and that can be something that being vulnerable like that or being in a bad space, I think, can drive people to that kind of a thing. And I think that's where a lot of, of drama kind of happens, because I think there's a natural inclination when you're feeling vulnerable to go to your magical place. And if your magical place has people in it, then now you're going to be bringing it to the people, which isn't always appropriate and fair. Absolutely. And I always try and like tell people in any scenario, magical or not, that it's important to be aware of the emotional labor you ask from others. Right. Right? So it's okay to need help. It's okay to need support. It's also very important to know that what you're at, like what you are asking truly of someone and to be open for them to send you to other places. So, you know, as Courtney said, as you've said, Covens aren't, they're, they're not group therapy. They are supportive communities, they're supportive families, magical families, but they're not, they're not, they're not the 
place to come when you need to process something really heavy. They're the place to come to empower you to go do that. They're the place to come to, to give you resources and hold your hand and help you and encourage you to go do that. But I think ultimately it's like your responsibility to go and, and get that help that you need by someone who is professional, who can truly support you in a better way. Because, you know, people in covens, I mean, they, I'm sure there are people in covens that are licensed mental health professionals, but they're not there to do that job in, in that space. And there are people out there that, that are. And, and, you know, you and your coven and the people and community and family around you, you know, deserve your, I mean, you deserve that and the people around you also deserve that. One question. Um, do we have our Instagram questions up on your phone, Connie? Is that what's I'm going to... I, I will try and do it again. We can try. I can always pull... Oh, with a, well, we want to make sure our ASL interpreter is still on. We can pull it and I can read oh, the okay. question and sure. then we can set it back, sure. too. Yeah. And then we can say one more thing about Oh, yeah. That, please yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Lady Evans off my mom. She always says from the first time that you are in any magical space that she is in charge of, she says that witchcraft is a path of transformation. So you have to give yourself a fair bit of grace that you are going to expose those tender places. Yes. And that the people around you are exposing their tender places at the same time. And being able to do that whole ground center shield that everybody talks about all the time, even within that space, can help you to sort of, because everybody's got a little bit of in them, and you've got to be able to contain it enough that it's not getting all over everybody else. And, um, and when you feel it, somebody else is getting on you, you have to, again, try to find that grace. And that's what I wanted to say. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I feel like any time you're putting your emotional... Stability is not the right word, but, like, you're feeling better. Mm-hmm. Any time you're trying to put that in the hands of either one person or a group of people, you're not only setting them up to fail... You're going to get hurt. Yep. So ultimately, it has to be you that does it. Yep. And I think too many times people n- need something, and instead of looking inside themselves, they either go to a person, and then that person, of course, can't fix it. Well, now they're angry with that person or a group. Now and I think that's kind of where a lot of it stems, is, is a lot of people just, it's, you have to be able to take care of yourself. And, and a coven or any other... Hate to say this, but I think certain groups, and I don't, I'm not saying coven specifically, I'm saying certain maybe religious ideas, there's this kind of a context of go to community, like go there, like have them help you, and there's less uh, independent healing that's, for, that's, that's asked of you, because it's almost like they want you to be codependent on them, so they want you to come to them for your healing. Instead of being responsible for your own healing. So I feel like there are, especially people who maybe grew up with different uh, religious backgrounds, they might be kind of used to, well, I'm hurting, so you're going to help me, instead of I'm hurting, so I need to help myself. And I think especially when you're doing something involving magical practice, if you're hurting, you need to help yourself, and you need to not put that in the hands of anyone else, because you're going to set them up to fail, and you're not going to get the healing that you need. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to read it from there. Yeah. So there's another question that just came up, and um, this is a... I'm looking for the name of the goddess I've been talking with. Can you recommend a book to help me find her name? Uh-huh. You can? I can. 
But it's an older book. You might have to go to your library. I don't know that it's in print anymore. But Trisha Monahan put together a book called The Book of Goddesses and Heroines. And it's this oh. huge encyclopedia of different goddesses. And it's a great starting place for that. You can, of course, always go to Google. Um, but I would say that that book um, is going to give you the right genre of goddess that you're trying to work with. Pay attention to what she's wearing, to the coloration that you notice about her, to any sort of um, specific sounds or backgrounds that are going on. Um, but yeah, that book I love. That's a fantastic resource. Um, Another one that just came up. Actually, first let's ask anybody who's here wants to ask any other questions before we go back to the internet. No? Okay. The next one is, I commute every day to work. Do you have any suggestions to do while traveling and being able to do witchcraft? I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just uh, podcasts. Podcasts. <laughs> podcasts. All right. Um, I think, you know, we're all busy. Everybody commutes. Um, we, I, I don't commute every day. Actually, I don't commute at all because I work from home. But um, even then, still, I have animals that are, are a, little, a little nutty. And sometimes um, there's um, a lot going on. And so um, you have to commit, even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes a day, to check in with um, with your spirits and you know maybe even making your commute part of that time if you, if, um, especially not if you're driving but if you're um, especially if you're doing public transit great time for doing some meditations or reading um, incantations that sort of thing speaking of your dog can we do a Ichabod recommends books segment <laughs> all the books he, he, he actually has a good. very good he has very good very taste good taste or I was really bad at leaving books where he can find them <laughs> and if you if you are someone who's driving while you're commuting Podcasts, audiobooks, audiobooks, audiobooks find yeah. the books that you like and get audiobooks for yeah, them. Yeah, like grab that. Um, I'll just position it so that we can see. I, I think those would be, I think those would be, you know, great resources <laughs> because as someone who, when they do commute, I'm just trying to get. Someone does when they commute has to drive for 45 minutes. Um, you know, I can't do meditation. I can't. Uh, I, I suppose I can. I don't think any of us would be safe, but um, <laughs> I tend to not We're like not candles or incense in my car. But we, I, I would recommend, I do have audiobooks, and I do listen to audiobooks, and I do have some podcasts now that I listen to. Um, so I think that would be an excellent, an excellent idea for someone who maybe is driving and commuting. But if you're on public transit or something like that, meditations, still reading, you can still read. Um, Listening to, I also like to just listen to music that kind of puts me in a very centered, you know, centered space. Um, I think anything that makes you feel peaceful, you know, should just be a part of your practice, whatever that is. If it's listening to spa music, if it's, you know, listening to an audiobook, something like that. Whatever you do in that, in that vein, I think, is incredibly helpful. I used to chant in my car when I was driving. Just kidding. Um, I had, when I was in college, I had about a 25-minute commute to get to school. And I would repeat the charge of the star goddess for 20 minutes. And um, if you can do that and keep your eyes on the road, then, um, then it can be very grounding and very... Um, and it can be a part of how you give yourself a regular practice. Yeah. Um, so we have... First of all, I'd like to, um, this is a really funny comment. 20 to 30 public rituals? Fuck that. 
we had three questions and or we had the comment about the 20, 20 to 30 rituals and then the two questions that we answered I know but they're not it's not showing for some reason it's just giving me the I'm wondering if I need to I don't know alright let's just keep um, there was another one that we got from email wasn't there oh yeah mm-hmm. the other one we got from email was let's see oops um let's see I've been looking for a coven for quite some time, but I am not having any luck. I reached out to a few people online, and they responded. But we actually had touched on this before, but I think it's an important thing to retouch on again yep. because it's not the first time we've gotten this question, and I'm sure it won't be the last. But they wanted to meet me first before letting me come to any of their events. I don't really understand. I thought I would be welcomed with open arms. Why is it hard to find, in a, group, find a group, and is there anything I can do to make it easier? I have a I mean, first line response. Okay, go. They don't know you. Yeah. yeah. They don't know and you. And if they have something, it's called stranger danger. There's that also like, there's some real weirdos in the world. You know, there's some, there's some, there's some people that don't feel. Well, there's a couple of things. One, there's people that aren't safe or won't feel safe. Two, there's people that just might not vibe with what you have going Absolutely. on. Every, you know, like when you look in in um, in mentors, in covens, in groups, and anything, you might not. I mean, you for one person, it might be the best thing for them, and it might not be a right fit for the other person. And I think that anytime we have large communities or groups, one of the things that we have to be aware of is that part of maintaining that group is making sure that there's like a good balance going on. So. So, I mean, I think part of doing that is vetting you to make sure that one, you're serious about wanting to join, two, that you are, that you, that they feel comfortable with you and that you feel comfortable with them also. Yeah. Um, Courtney knows, and and it's, it's really funny because it's true. She has to vet people before she introduces them to me. She will know immediately. She will know immediately whether or not. They will, they will vibe with me. Well, because then what she does, and it's a real well, labor. Vibes it's, with you. it's just how well. Well, no, because you'll introduce me, and you'll like, be like, also, "Here, go." And then we just like me and is second. You, you're like, I know you're gonna get along. Just go, and we just immediately melded. And there's other people that I've met that you've been super close to that I've met, and they're nice, but they're it's not. not it's not my vibe, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's and not I think, right or wrong. No, it's and I think that's where people. That's where people need to have some understanding. Is just like maybe you'll go and they'll really like you. You might not like them. Like it could be the other way around. You could go. They could really want you to be a part of this group. And now you're like. But also goes back to what Cyrus was saying about this. I love what your your high priest has said about witchcraft being a process of transformation. Sometimes it's not going to be comfortable. It may not be a good time to bring a new person in. Yes. And that is that is um, a a favor they're doing you as well as themselves. For sure. You know what? It's not that there's anything wrong with you. It's just that we shouldn't have anybody in here right now. We need to deal with ourselves first. You know. Yeah. When I was involved in that group that did like 30 public events those were public events Mm -hmm. right and we were performing them for everyone Mm -hmm. and inviting them to have a participatory but an audience participatory role Mm -hmm. um whereas my mother's coven that's been going for 22 years those the coven said is in her house right don't just let a stranger into your house on a weekly basis without knowing yeah. that they're going to fit and right. that it's the right time, like Courtney was saying, like that other people who are in their process are ready to welcome somebody now, all of that. Or maybe there's just too many people. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
Did you have another Facebook question? Um, no, but there was somebody um, said point out something very important. Um, with, coming back from when we were talking about support, support is very important while practicing your craft. I think being careful with social media groups are key. I have realized sometimes you can be energy zapped through internet, not just in person. Oh yeah, hundred percent, sure. And you know why? <laughs> it's because there is no um, social decorum of how we no. talk to people or how we interact with people, and also you're probably hearing from somebody you don't know very well and they may be um I, I know sometimes i can be very direct i know i emailed somebody recently with a, with a very short curt answer will probably come across as a curt answer to a big issue that they have and that's because for me it's like that's it's very cut dry yeah. and they're like that's that's, that's not going to work on i'm sorry and, and you just wrote that article about arguing on how to win a, a Facebook argument. I did yes. write an article how to win a Facebook argument. Spoiler alert, you can't. You can't. Yes. Uh, yes. But there are it's ways to not right. lose. Right. Yes. Um, basically, like, don't lose your mind. And that's yeah. So I think, um, I also think some, what, sometimes when we're on the internet, we forget, like, when someone's right in front of you, we see them, we, like, see them as a human being. We're not just reacting to a word. I think sometimes online, people post. first get in their douche wagon. <laughs> and then... <laughs> They decide to post things, and they write the rudest things that you know as you're reading this. You would never say this to another human being. You would never do this. I think part of it, too, is, like, you see, so, like, you can't read emotion. Someone someone that's a very direct person might come off as being rude when actually they they thought about a really insightful thing to respond to you as. You hear the tone of voice, like, sweet friend, like, nope. Yeah, and so... And so I think, too, I think it's very easy to, to react very quickly because we just see words and not a face on a person. And so it's, I always try and practice, like, I'm like, okay, there's a human here. If this human was standing in front of me, what would that be like? You know, yeah. what, how would I react to that person if they were I think Courtney and I would both probably fall into the category of we tend to be rather blunt. So when you know each other, yes. <laughs> so when you know each other, you just read it how you read it. I just call it someone else might skills. somewhat. Yes, <laughs> we both have a lack of social skills. That's true. But when someone else reads it, they might be like, "Wow, they're really angry." Yeah, it's well, like why they just answered a question. And I think question, also right? what we we all need to remember going in these 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 witchcraft groups are absolutely invaluable. So let's not let's not. Oh yeah, no, they're oh yeah. So but I important. think we all we do ourselves a favor when you go in and you do not take it personally and you yeah. don't read into what people are saying. I remember when um, I was leading a public event and um, somebody had posted a comment on the event, something like, how are people getting there? Or um, something like, or, or there, you know, what, what are some ways to get there? And somebody posted like some MapQuest directions or a um, like a, 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 a train timetable or something just as a resource. And this person wrote to me furious, like, how dare they? I was looking for some, you know, they just think I'm stupid. They said that and I'm like, no, they're trying to be helpful. Don't, no, no, they don't think that it's not that you don't understand. It's that they thought you needed some Direct, directions. Yeah. And so they gave you directions. directions. Whereas in her mind, she was looking for this as that. She took that as I'm saying, I'm not going to help you help yourself. Which was kind of well, and but at the same time, it's also like that's what that person had to offer. It, right. So it like, comes down to assuming best intent. Like yeah, assuming right. that people are like 
that their they that their intent is good until you've they prove that otherwise. Yes. You know. And it just I, I yeah I'm just like okay and if somebody especially comes at you when it looks really hard I mean you can block them which is sometimes the way to go or you can step back and say I have no idea what's going on in that person's life right now. Yeah. And there have been times yeah, right. people have come for me online and I'm like whoa that yeah. was what that's way like, out of left field. I, yeah. I normally add them as a friend. <laughs> I do. I, I'm like she's creepy like I, that. I add them as a friend and they usually accept and then I look on their page and that person is always going through something. In it, yeah. Right. And yeah. They, something I said or something about me um, made them upset. And they're just like, I'm, you know, taking it out that way. And it's just going like, you're going to, let's, 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 let's take, let's cool down here a little bit. Okay. We don't need to be this way with each other. Um, you know, and, and, but yeah, every single time that somebody comes at me online, if I go see their page, there's something going on with them that has nothing to do with me, but something about me, I'm irritated that in them, you know. You yeah, irritate no things at me no, all don't the time. Even, don't even. I was like, all the oh, time. You, I stepped in that one. I was like, <laughs> I you just that opened that door. I did. And and like, oh, God, her, God, I know. God. With a red carpet. No, it wasn't red. It was beige. It was ugly. It was, it was, it was, it was an ugly carpet. carpet. If there's any blizzard on that coat. I would never share my blizzard. You will never. would never, never share my blizzard. Find a music coat far enough away. <laughs> yeah. Any other questions in here? I don't know, Ree. It might be time to pull the drawing. Should we pull the giveaway? Yes. Okay, so. Where is the giveaway? Okay, it's, under, it? it's underneath the table somewhere. <laughs> I found it. Okay, Find the cauldron. All right. Okay, Iris should pull it. Do you want to pull it? Uh, Iris should pull okay, it. Okay, so. Um, we should tell what's in it. So, so, so okay. first, first we're going to tell you what's in it. Well, first of all, we're going to say that people have very unique Instagram names, so I'm very sorry if we butcher it. Like, we did, like, some of them, I'm like, I'm not even sure. Um, so, first of all, the, the one lucky winner is going to receive a candle. Yay! Right? Homemade candle. There, a, a podcast sticker. Yeah. We expect to see this on your coffee cup. All three of Courtney's books. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Please review them on which, Amazon. Which, uh, which, if you don't have and you don't win, you should buy anyway. Your, your very own screaming goat. Which is why everybody yeah. entered. Which is literally the, the screaming goat. Like, they're like, screw the books. It's the screaming goat. We want the screaming But definitely you want the screaming goat. A bumper sticker. We have these new Brand stickers new that are larger for cars because the little ones were coming. And you get our faces on your car. You get our face. I'm sorry. But I know. I'm sorry. Going on your car. A signed card from us. That's our new card. It's our new card. So all of our spell cards will actually now have, be, our, faces have our faces on them because we you don't get enough of our faces. Um, and and then what, one spell card from each of us. So we each submitted three spells, nine cards total. So each you get one spell from each of us in the giveaway. Are we ready? Yeah. I'm sorry, friends. That is where it cut. Out. So we do want to congratulate our winner on Instagram. You can see the winning person on our Instagram page. Again, thank you so much for listening. And I learned that I talk way too fast when I'm excited, which I was during this event. So I'm going to work on slowing down my speech for our future episodes. Thank you all so much for joining us and we will see you in two weeks. Be sure to email us with any questions you have at thatwitchlifepodcast at gmail.com. 
Check out our website where you can find the list of all the books we discussed at thatwitchlife.com. Again, follow us on Instagram or on Facebook. And we can't wait to be with you again, again in two weeks. Join us on the first and third Mondays of the month for magical tools, tips, and stories about living as a witch in today's world. Find us at thatwitchlife.com.